Hey folks, really quick before we get started, I wanted to say we have a brand new introduction theme to the podcast done by the one and only Madoka Azuma. She has amazing music on her site, so please check that out. It is most excellent. Thank you so much to her for doing this for us. We really appreciate it and enjoy the show. folks good morning good afternoon and good night welcome to karate without belts i am john and joined once again by jeremy returning back from his excursion to the ozarks <laughs> again and again and again yes you've been having some fun down there becoming the uh under under uh the underground uh slum lord yeah that, yeah that's that that's my uh life's ambition is become the uh slum lord of uh, vacation rentals down at uh, Lake of the Ozark, so it's it's it, it's it's been fun. So it's we'll see. So if you guys yeah, seen that Netflix show with Jason Bateman, uh, the Ozarks, yeah, I mean most of it. I mean it, it is interesting seeing some of the scenery because every once in a while they'll pop an actual shot from the Ozarks, but it's mainly filmed in Georgia, so it's kind of kind of interesting. I don't. Would you say you are the main character on that show? No. <laughs> I'm not that stupid ignorant. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's kinda of funny that pops up and then on the Netflix and then you have Arrested Development pops up right next to it. Yeah. So yeah. kinda wanna say there may be the same thing, but you know, only tangentially. How have you been doing, sir? Yeah, I mean just just busy trying to grow my little empire down at the Ozarks. That's about it. So it's kind of fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've been enjoying quarantination because oh. we're kind of off from school and in the middle of a pandemic. So just kind of like, well, we weren't going to have school anyway. So uh, <laughs> just kind of locked in my house, experimenting with you know making food. What what variation of olive oil and garlic and what variety of meat I can put on a on a pan. So that's entertaining. All right. <laughs> I'm Italian. It's like it's like the but I'm an Italian male, so it's like other than pasta, it's the one thing I really know how to do is just like olive oil and garlic onion plus meat equal meal. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So that that and just I'm slowly burning through uh, my Okinawa soba. What have you been working on in terms of training lately? Actually, um, Cy and Joe lately, and then uh, what was the other thing I was working on the other day? I, I was working on uh, Sumerito again, so it's kind of kind of fun to go back to. I I kind of put that aside for two three weeks, and then it's like you know I need to get back to that, so. So those are the main things, and, and yes, I have been working comma here and there too. So it's good. Kind of, good. Uh, I would. I have live comma, so I'm always I, there are, and there is video of me doing comma on our page, and so, but I'm always just a little like, is this going to be that day? I need to go to the hospital every time I pick them up. They're in sheaths, yeah. but they tend to kind of tuck down. So. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's one thing I hope nobody ever gets a video of me doing is comma because it's pretty terrible. So anyway, I I still work with it. Still not my thing, but maybe one of these days I'll if I keep progressing with it, I'll I'll change my mind. But I'm getting pretty old, so I don't think so. Yeah, our friend Chuck has put up his son Christian doing uh doing a pretty good rendition of it. Um. You guys remember our, our time with Chuck? Uh, Chuck's son is kind of like the uh, I don't know what how to describe him, but he he is like the savant, like you know, like a karate savant in terms of just kata, what he remembers, what he knows, how he can look at something, how he just does something. I don't think that's in any way a bad thing. Me just complimenting someone on the show. No, I mean yeah, he's um, yeah when. When I've when I've met uh, met his son Christian, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. 
I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. I Very impressive. So One thing we were talking about uh, last week when we were just kind of conflating was something I think we, is kind of inherent to karate specifically. I don't think we can really say this too much of like mixed martial arts or sport martial arts or even some kind of more kind of cousin martial arts from like the Philippines and stuff like that, um, which are a little more explicit. Uh, but one thing you brought up last week to me when we were speaking was the idea and issue of concealment. And I know you, you've been thinking a lot about this, and I've got some notes on it. And so I think today we're going to get into you know, what concealment and karate have to do with each other. Obviously, we're not ninjas. No, no, nowhere close. Nowhere close. And what was your, what was your initial take on this? Because you, you had some interesting things to say about how it's kind of it has less to do with karate and how that how you carry yourself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's. Let's go back to, you know, I look at some of the things that I learned over the years from different instructors. And I think early on from my first instructor, Robbie, he was showing me certain things on how to conceal certain techniques and certain punches and how to, how to hide how, how it really comes about. And then I look at, look at my, upbringing because i mean dad my, my father was he was um, a career military officer but one of the things he always talked about because there were times when he actually had to deal with civil unrest and things like that and that's how to conceal conceal how you're being out in public which is a little bit different but sometimes as as sensei oh yeah you say same thing it, right. It's the same. It's the same principle, and so you look at you look at karate from from its foundation. You know, from from a kata foundation, which is, I think, the thing that is what becomes people think is mysterious, um, but it is the thing that is kind of built to conceal. Yeah, I mean, there's how you want to call it, folklore history. Different stories from the ages and things like that. How how kata was used to train to hide the actual practice. How it was the actual hide techniques. Different things like that. And that's kind of some of that's myth and myth and mystery, and some of that's just maybe was it was a little overextended yeah. from kind of what the stories were. But I mean, it, it does kind of fall into. I mean, whether it is myth, myth or whatever, but it does fall into the concepts because you can take something from a kata, make it this way, or you can make it that way. You can make it several different things. Some some of the stuff, you know, go, going back to what Robbie had taught was whenever you're whenever you're doing something, never never leave it to where it's completely telegraphed or open. It's like, okay, you know, I mean that makes sense. Through the years of different instructors and stuff like that, I, I don't know, may, maybe I wasn't old enough to pick that up from Robbie back then, but I mean I picked it up but I didn't pick the whole concept up. It wasn't really when I really picked it up was when I was learning new from a, from a guy named uh, Sakin Taylor out, out of New York, a great guy. You know, I, I haven't talked to him in years, but um, he taught me a lot of interesting, I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe personal development and way to really look at things a little bit differently. And one of the things he was talking about was, you know, here's how you hide your techniques with a new tape bow. And I'm like, I mean, anybody who's worked with it, you're looking at it, it's like, okay, this thing's a six and a half, seven foot weapon. How am I going to hide any technique with this thing? It's no knife. Yeah. You, you go back to some of the things that, you know, Sensei Oyama would talk about, you know, from a bow standpoint, you know, you look at a traditional bow stance, you know, where you, you know, you're, you know, you've got one up, one down, you know, about shoulder width apart with your grip, things like that. But one of the things he talked about is some of your techniques, you come in more like a pull cue and you can't get that depth perception. 
And that's one of the ways you you conceal things. And he he would expand on how your eyes would trick you and things like that. And then that gets into your psyche and stuff like that. And and I think that's true in every aspect of of karate. I mean how I mean you can practice, yeah, I got the technique, now how do I try to hide it? And that's one of the things I've always tried to add on to some of my techniques whenever I practice like, okay, yeah, this is just a blatant technique. Now how do I hide this so that it's not blatant? You know, things like that. Right. And there's I mean, that unexplicitness, that implicitness of karate. I think is both its strength and its weakness, um, huh. and in terms of having in this idea of concealment. But it isn't. But I think it's the idea of concealment that actually is helpful to kind of unlocking that, because there's, I mean, the the idea of just you know punch kick and you know there's people who think oh punch kick is just punch kick karate who cares? I think it's I still think it's very very important to actually have down and not enough people have it down correctly who are kind of in more of our camp, but when people talk about sophistication of techniques, being able to use that, use that type of stuff, and the criticism of it is it won't work. And the fact of the matter is that they're not, it's not about use, it's about context. Right, right. And they're not, th- they're thinking about it from guy is going to start something. They're not thinking of it as you are premeditatively preparing yourself or have kind of instinctually prepared yourself to, to conceal what what you're doing or what you're capable of you get into like even some of the basic basic foot drills that sensei would would teach and you you would go through these hours on end and goes no it's not quite right not quite right but part of it was getting your mindset around it or at least that's that's how i always took the last one because it wasn't so much i couldn't do it it was getting my mindset around what is it that I'm really trying to do? And I remember one of the things was hiding your feet to where it's like you really couldn't tell where the advantage was coming from, but in a split second, you, you had a reach that was unbelievable. It, it was a lot, and it, it, it was just real quick. So, I mean, you go back to that and just kind of look at everything. And and my my favorite thing, though, is, you know, you look at that lesson, then you look at somebody who hasn't had a lesson like that, and they like they look at it as, well, you're not going to take a pair of nunchucks, or you're not going to take a pair of side down the street and take somebody else. Like, no, but th- there are things that are applicable even with that. Always. Yeah. And, and there's, what is it? I just think about this, you know, the sport karate version of this will not be compatible to what you're talking about. No. In both senses, right? I mean, I mean it, it might to a very small scale. I, 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 I will, because if you look at look, look at something as simple as box. Right. I mean, one punch that usually either sets somebody up for for a potential knockout or, or a knockout, one or two, is usually an uppercut because you've totally caught them completely off guard. Or I mean, made them it, drop their guard, right? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you come up with an uppercut, your, your eyes are not trained to look, look down when you're in, I mean, there's a blind, there is technically a blind spot if you come straight up and hit the chin, you know, with that, with that punch. Now, now granted, in order to do that, you got to leave yourself a little bit open to pull that off. But, I mean, the bottom line is, you are concealing that technique. So, I mean, there are parts of it that, that are there, but not not to the full extent, I guess. That's right. kind of... Yeah, because we're talking about on the street type... We're talking about, like, a daily life type perspective rather right. than uh, an arena type perspective or even, like, a Yakusokokumi type perspective. Yeah. So I think that's where people would get the kind of confusion there is that, well, in Yakusoku Kumite, you're not doing something like that, or in like a prearranged idea on a technique, you're not necessarily doing something like that. But you take that concept and that idea of depth of your hands, depth perception, depth, playing with that depth perception, throwing your opponent off from doing something like that, 
then your kind of enhances what you're doing in that regard. Absolutely. I mean, like one of the things that we do tweet day or basically hand and wrist grappling. Right. I mean, Arm grappling. Right. Yeah. It's it's not um roll on the floor type stuff. One of the things when I mean when you first learn, I mean you go in, you grab really you know, grab have a solid grab on something and then, you know, manipulate it to where you where you want to go. As you practice longer and harder and work through it, you get to the point where you try not to grab at all, but basically you get to the point where you you you're just basically barely controlling where you need to go, and then bam! I mean, just pop the technique real quick. And I mean, there's a skill to it because I I don't remember who who said it, and I, if if I did, I'd give them credit. But one of the things that they talked about is when you when you have a hard grab on something, what's the first thing somebody wants to do? They want to pull back. Well, if you don't have that hard grab and you're basically just barely touching them, they don't feel threatened, and therefore that gives you that time to put that technique on somebody. They don't have the time to to realize that they're being that something's happening. Yeah, exactly. But so they can in, be in, in a way you're you're concealing that to where you're gaining a psychological advantage on somebody as well too. So, but that has to be taken in the stride of defending yourself, not so much. Because that could be taken in a way that's saying, oh, well, yes, they're not going to see what's coming. Like, so you certainly don't want to encourage anything like that. Well, I mean, unless you're really wanting to get rid of a student or something like that. Not that I've ever seen that happen before. So it's not. Of course. Of course. Everyone always wants their students to stick around and no way has ever been abusive towards them. I mean, everyone's going to have that one student that just, you know, I really don't care if you're here or not. You need to go here. Here, you want to be the okay today? Well, I mean, and and then it gets into, I've I've done this before. I mean, one of the things, I I don't know if it's a gift or a curse or or a little bit of both, but when when you look look at me, I don't look like a typical karate practitioner. I really don't. You know, I don't, I don't have the, ripped out body, I don't have any of that kind of stuff, you know. I I, I have, how would I say it, I, I have mastered efficiently and effectively the dad bod, you know. I mean, it's not... You have advanced dad bod. I have advanced dad bod. I don't, I don't have a six-pack, I've got a pony keg. Okay, I, have, so, I have minor, I have minor dad bod. You know, so... so I have, I, 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 I'm, I am apprentice-level dad bod at this point. Yeah, so... In some ways, you know, people do not look at me as, you know, threatening or anything like that. And that, trust me, that, that's kind of nice. I'm like, good, people leave me alone. I'm fine with that. But on the same token, it, it's, I, I remember, I, I forget which instructor I was with at the time, but we had a student come in and he, he definitely, trained somewhere, somehow, some way. But he, he was, I mean, it, it was more of an ego kind of deal. I, I can't remember if it was Mike Miner or Robbie. I can't remember who, which one it was, but basically they came, I think, I think it might have been Robbie, but he, he, he comes over, talks to me, he's like, Jeremy, go over and play stupid with this guy and then put it on. Because, well, it, it was like it was affecting other students in the in the class, right? And that's I mean that's this definitely sounds like this probably would have been a nineteen eighties thing, early nineties, early nineties, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, see, you still have that, but, but maybe with it with it, with with a bit more more uh, like baggy jeans, but yeah, like a it, it, it was the eighties without the mullet, you know. It was kind of it was all good, but so. So, you know, and I, I would, you know, they're like, who are you? You know, who could, you know, oh, wow, that works pretty good. Well, I work, you know, and just kind of get them going and stuff. Then all of a sudden, bam, you know, and then you're, they're picking themselves up off the floor. Now, was that the nicest thing to do? No, it, it was interesting. I mean, the one case that I'm, that I'm thinking about, I mean, after that, the guy even said, you know, I really don't know much, do I? And I'm like, well, I really don't know what you know, but 
hopefully your attitude's changed, you know, so it, 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 sometimes it works, sometimes, sometimes I leave, sometimes, you know, but sometimes, sometimes you just need to get a little humble muscle, and trust me, I've, I've been humbled more times than I like to admit, so. I do like that this myth is kind of in what we do, and this is not a part of the brashness that can come along with boxing or mixed martial arts or whatnot, is that a lot of the old karate, you know, old stories of masters was that they were not assumed that this is coming from a Western perspective. Like this is coming from a Caucasian yeah. perspective is that, you know, they're just unassuming short men from, you know, the Orient, which is not something we say by these days. But, you know, those old stories that they would just be able to, you know, kick, you know, ass from even after being small and like quote unquote frail statute is kind of nice to have. But it's also led to thinking that just doing the technique will just lead to that. But without having that kind of attitude and that understanding behind what you're doing in the technique basically leaves you with just like flailing arm man. So, you know, every skinny idiot who ever thought they were just doing karate for a long time will suddenly make them an invincible, like, Miyagi-type character. Regardless of if that's movie Miyagi or actual Miyagi, you know. So I think there's kind of the good and bad of that, kind of just within the confines of karate and the image of karate itself. If you actually look at most karate people, they're actually rather, you know, who actually take things seriously, they're actually rather in good shape. Even yourself, like, I'm not saying you're not in good shape, you know, we're all in kind of different places um, with that, but, like, everyone tries to take care of themselves. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. try to just say, I do the the the, the techniques, but I have no no concept for my, my own bodily health. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've definitely mastered the dad bod, but, you know, I, I still have around a 60, 60 heartbeat per minute. That's my resting heart rate. So I'm still doing okay. I mean, yeah. it's not, I mean, it, it is, it is a mental attitude to, to, to develop this. And, and it, it's not just technique. It's also learning how people really work. I think that's the main thing because if, if you go up to somebody and you, are combative or conflictive with that person, they're going to be combative or conflicted as well. If this, you know, person A is combative and conflictive and you can kind of read that and it's like, okay, you know, you know, do, do I try to squash them or do I, you know, just kind of sit back and like, okay, yeah, all right, you know, just kind of pull them in a little bit. And I, I remember, I'll, I'll never forget this. I, I was reporting to a president of a company several years ago, many years ago, and it was something that I had done. And I, I can't, I, I don't exactly know what I, at this point, I'm getting. Not only have I mastered the dad bod, but I've also mastered the old mind too. So my mind is starting to like, okay, I'm free. Well, okay, but, well, we got to put Jeremy in the home now. <clears throat> Oh God, no! All right, but just, just take me out back and shoot me. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> but um, no Which in, the old, in the old karate sensei. Yeah, I'm in the old karate sensei. It's all, it's, it's, it's all collapsible. It's all collapsible blocks, and um, it's just old photos on the wall. <laughs> Every time somebody comes in, you think it's your grandson, or it's just a new student. It's actually the same person who's come in for the last fifty years. But I'll, I'll never forget this. I mean, my, uh, the bo my boss at the time, like I said, he was a president of the company, he was a former Marine, uh, colonel. And I mean, he just starts, started yelling and screaming. Da -da 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 -da. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know, if, if I try to argue or fight with him or conflict with him, it, this is going to be bad. And I just sat there and listened to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, he literally ran out of upset. He was just, you know, and by, by the time he did that, I'm, I just said, are you done griping yet, or do I need to still sit here and listen to you gripe? And you could tell he was getting ready to get mad, and the next thing he did, he just started laughing. He goes, that's funny. You know, and so it was just kind of, it, 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 that's part of, 
concealing. It's not not always that you have to be combative. It's like, okay, you know, hey, I can I can sit here and listen to you gripe. And now there have been times with the same boss, he'd start griping and yelling, and I'd finally get tired of it after about a minute and say, um, do you want to continue this or do you want me to go fix the problem? Which, which one you want? I don't care. I will do whatever you want, how you want me to handle it. And usually, okay, go fix it. You know, and then he'd shut up and want me to go do whatever. So, so I mean, and, and you, th- you don't think of that as concealment, but it is. Because basically now I've, I've basically changed the complete tone of the conflict. And conflict does not have to be physical. Right. Well, that's, con- I mean, it's just understanding how, to, how someone operates. And you don't always have that luxury, but you could, you also, you know, I love it when people are like, well, on the street, and there's two guys who are gonna come up to you, at random, and they're gonna mug you, and then, and then there's the thing that's gonna happen where you have to bust out your karate moves. It's not always what happens. It's your real, like, daily life you live. It's going into work and dealing with your, your, your jack, your jack whole boss. I don't know if that's a curse or not. The, the, the guy who's yelling at you or, like, the jerk who is in the office next to you or the client you don't want to deal with or a student you, you who's just, you know, like, throws a textbook on the floor because, you know, they're nine years old or, like, whatever. Like, you, there's the things you will actually come into more conflict with are the things in your daily life rather than, like, two mysterious thugs, like, popping out from, I don't know, the street corner. Yeah, I... I mean, it, it's not to say you don't pay attention to that, but right. it, if I mean, if you understand human nature and you understand how people are, it doesn't take long to figure out how a person is going to be. And some people say, "Oh, that's just you know, that's just hogwash and that's just crap and this that, and the other thing." Well, you know what? Sometimes that's the best technique. Yeah, that's I just- mean. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this. I had a guy in another another place of work that I was at, and the guy was like, "You know, how would you get out of a chokehold?" I'm like, "Look, I just want to do my job. I really don't want to." No, nah, man, you got you got to show me something. You know, and he was expecting me to do something. You know, we're in an office environment, and you know, if I actually did something to this guy, I've been fired like that. I'm sorry. My job was putting food on the table, taking care of my wife. You know, I'm like, no, 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 what am I doing that? So finally the guy just kind of irritated me, irritated, irritated me, and I'm like, all right, fine. Here, I'm going to show you something. And he puts me in this chokehold. He goes, go ahead, break it out. Let's let's do whatever you're going to do. And I come up, and I everybody's heard of a flea bite. Right. Does everybody know what a flea, flea bite is? Kind of like. Does everyone know what a flea bite is? Everyone who is listening to this podcast, if you don't know, please respond. Email Jeremy. Link yeah. in the description. What, what, I'm going to describe what it is in case you never heard of it. Uh, basically, what it is is usually when you're about in first, second, or third grade, and and you you're annoyed by some little girl or a girl kind of has a little crush on you or something like that. They'll come up and they'll do a flea bite. And what they do is they take their two little fingers and they they press them together and twist. And it's just a just a real nasty little pinch. Well, while he was doing this little substandard choke hold on me, I just do this little flea bite right here on the on his funny right around his funny bone. And I mean he just just throws his arms up. I'm like, what? He goes, what did you do? I'm like, I did a flea bite on you. And he goes, well, that's not karate. I'm like, you know, you're not choking me anymore now, are you? And he goes, no. I'm like, well, then it works. Shut up. Let's go back to work. You know, and that's the kind of stuff people don't think of. And, you know, and I think of, that was one of the things I really loved about training at, at Mike's, Mike Minor schools, there was about three or four, maybe five of us. And we'd get together, you know, Saturday afternoons and stuff. And we would do some of the, oh my goodness, off the wall, 
what are you people thinking kind of stuff. Like, this is this is no joke. Like, we would get, like, somebody, like, in some type of headlock or something, and somebody would give somebody a wet willy or something like that, and, you know, just everybody would get angry, and it's like... That's Grown men giving each other wet willies. Well, I mean, that or... What was it? We, one of the guys... It, it got to the point, one of the guys, we, we had to say, you know, you're you're done unless you bring something new. And what he would do is he'd come up, you know, and we, we do just kind of light, you know, sparring and stuff, you know, no, no pads, just light sparring and stuff. But it was, it was open to anything. And one of the things he would do is he'd come up and he'd sneak in. And for some reason he, he'd do a nurple. <laughs> now, this is the point where people may have shut off the shut off podcast, thinking that we weren't taking it seriously. And in fact, I've heard this story from Jeremy before, not once, but on several occasions. And it was like the the first time he did it, it was one of the other guys. And after he did, I mean, the guy just, I'm just, just literally was jumping up and down. He was ready to kill him. I was just ready to kill him. And he goes, what? You said do anything. He's like, not that. <laughs> just, I would do anything for karate, but don't do that. I mean, but the one thing it did do was, I mean, we we hated it, but it was like, we had to think, how do you deal with it? How do you keep your emotions under control when something like that happens? And if you really think about it, when there's a true conflict, yeah. How are you going to tamp down on, on that stuff? And how are you going to be able to, because I mean, you're not going to be concealing them. You're, you're not going to be, you're not going to be thinking about concealing your emotions. You're just going to, you're just going to react. Sorry. I'm just thinking, man, how are you going to conceal a nurple? I mean, it's just, sorry. It's like that scene in, um, what is it? Uh, casino, like when they like bull, when they like shock the guy with a bull bull prod, except it's a per, it's an herbal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's there just, you go, Peter's justice. Where are we going with this? Right, it's it's you know you you you're gonna use that concealment to be able to to move things along, um, or to get out of situations that aren't you don't want to deal with, and I think that's a part of karate that we talk about the concealment of moves in a kata. Well, how are you going to conceal what you're actually doing? So yeah. you're, because that's the thing, and you said it brilliantly when we were talking about kind of like a little bit ago, but to kind of bring it back to that, where it's like, if you can conceal what you're doing, and someone tries to get something off on you, and they not, they're not paying attention, it doesn't matter how strong they are. Exactly. Because if they're not expecting it, or it's coming in a place where they're not protected, or they're not thinking about it, it's going to catch them off guard, and surprise is like 90% of what What's effective? Exactly. I mean, you know, and I, I think even Bruce Lee even said, you know, to to make this to make things work, you have to catch people off guard. It, it's not good. I mean, yeah, you can you can box with somebody all day long, but think about it. When somebody gets knocked out or anything like that, what what really happened? Somebody's caught off guard. Somebody see didn't coming. see something coming. I mean, same way with MMA. I mean, M- MMA sometimes is more, yeah, if somebody's just a little, just stronger, they're just gonna take them out. I mean. Right. But, but I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I, I, I was watching the, uh, Jorge, uh, Mosfidal, uh, knockout of Ben Askren. I don't know if you've seen that or not. No idea who these people are, but all nod, all <laughs> nod just the same. I mean, it, it was, I mean, I I watch a little bit, but I don't watch a lot. But it it I believe is now the quickest knockout in MMA history. I I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, don't don't hammer the post. I mean, I could be wrong, but it was quick. I don't mean, find Jeremy's still, non-existent Twitter account. Yeah, well, good luck because I ain't got on Twitter again. So um, that's why it's non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, folks. Adam. Adam at that MMA. Don't come at me. The guy with yeah. the actual email. But, I mean, it, it was like, the, you know, I think Ben was thinking he was going to go, you know, come in at him and shoot down his legs. Instead, 
he he basically runs across the the octagon and does a flying knee and the guy's out cold on his I mean he's literally out cold on his feet as he's falling I mean I, I think the only reason it took as long as it did is it took the referee that long to get over to call the match I mean it was just like I mean he was just out just in one one knee shot and that, that was all that was all there was to it now and and even I watched the post interview of it, and Dana White was like, "Who saw that coming? Nobody. Guess what? He I think I got knocked out. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, I mean, it's a great example of what can be used from concealment, and and it, it goes from everything. I mean, what what's interesting is if you do pay attention to human nature, you can actually see how people are going to react even out in public, and you you can almost predict almost to a team what they're going to do, why they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. A lot of times. Not, yeah. not all. But, I mean, so, some people are better than others. But You're I mean, not going to have a bunch of people walking down the street and just attempting flying flying knees at people. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I mean... 2020 has been pretty wild, but... I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the next thing, I, I guess. I guess knockouts by flying knees. I don't know. But anyway, it's... But, I mean, but, but the point is, I mean, you can go down the street and kind of see what people's intentions are. I mean, I, I go to, uh, a situation where I, I was working at an inner city health clinic, not exactly in the best of neighborhoods, and it wasn't. Um, you know, I mean, still, still a lot of good people, but every once in a while you got an occasional little sewer rat that's running around, and so I remember, I was uh, coming out of work one day, and it was late one night, and I, I I really didn't like being down there at after a certain time, and it was getting right at that edge where it's like, yeah, I really need to get out of here. And guys following me, finally he said, hey, excuse me, excuse me, hey. And so I, I just kind of turned and faced him and stuff, and the guy kind of had his hands in his pockets, and I'm like, Okay, I really don't want to deal with this. I really just want to go home. And so it, it just had a had a feeling that something was not good that that was trying to transpire. Now I don't think I've ever told you this story, but the guy was like, "Hey, do you, do you got a couple bucks so I can get in the bus?" And I told him like, "You know, the bus is only twenty five cents. Why do you need a couple bucks?" And so the guy's like, you know, he still got his hands in his pocket, and so I'm just kind of like, okay. He goes, no, I need need a couple bucks, and I could see his his hands move. And the next thing I do is I slap my slap my pockets just down like this, and I put my hands up like this, right right near his face. And I said, I don't got anything to give you, buddy. You need to kind of move on, have a nice night. And the guy, I mean, it was pretty up in his face, like he really couldn't see what was coming next, but. I was close enough to where all I have to do is just shift, shift my weight and I could have popped him. But do I want to do that? No. I don't know if that guy had a knife, but it looked like he was getting ready to pull something out. So. Right. You know, I mean, in that situation, it's, so he walked up to you. He walked directly yeah. up to you. So, yeah. I mean, in that situation, I mean, like, that's exactly what we've been talking about too, but it's also being able to take that element of surprise. Sound like just slapping, like just slapping, just slapping your pockets and stuff like that. That will actually be, be helpful, and you know, it's one of the things we should be training for more is just be able to kind of take that element of surprise. You'd be surprised how many times I've like pulled out my keys and like jiggled them, and people just went Murr? and just looked at them and I was like, "Ha ha, made you luck." I mean, you can do it with a lot of different things, but yeah, you know, di- di- different. Different people react to different things. I mean, you can play that scenario out several different ways. What if I reached in my pocket and was either pulling out my wallet or pulling out a money clip and I had, you know, 40, 50 bucks or whatever on me? Was two bucks going to be enough? I mean, after that, after you got in his face, what happened? He, he just said, okay, man, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I'm like, okay, have a nice night. And I just watched him walk, walk off, you know, but. I mean, there were a couple of times he'd turn around and kind of, you know, kind of look back at me, and I'm just like, I, I, I can't say that he was up to no good, but sometimes you really gotta trust your gut. 
Yeah. It really didn't, I mean, it really did not feel right. Well, and the other thing about that is, is that, you know, when we talk about the people who, who do those sorts of things, who are, I mean, not, who are not expl- explicitly trying to like pull out, really pull out a gun or, or try to hurt you, they're probably coming from, at least in their mind, a genuine place. They're just trying to get by. They're trying to ask for money. They're trying to, you know, do something to get by. And, the and best thing to do, I think you did the best thing you could in that situation without being terribly rude or without being terribly terse, but also being very upfront. Yeah. It, and, you know, I mean, people, I, I think the thing that's, that spooked me was the fact that he had his hands in his pockets and then he was pull, he was getting ready to pull them out. I don't know what was coming out. Yeah. And so... I mean, same situation. If if a person's hands are up, I probably would gain too much. You know, okay, no problem. Maybe that's stupid on my part, but I I would see that that person's a little bit more open, and I think I'd be a little more trusting than if somebody's got their hands in their pockets and it looks like they're trying to pull pull hands out or pull something out at the time. So, as like that's as awareness as well as well as concealment and being able to. Take some, direct someone else's awareness, and while at the same time being able to, you know, conceal conceal what you're actually trying to do. So, so, so you, you bring up a really great point: awareness. What's the difference? Because really, you can't have one without the other. Nope. And I mean, and that's the thing: if you have concealment, you have awareness. You don't, you don't always have a concealment if you have awareness. But you, yeah. if you have a, if you have concealment, and kind of like, I guess we jump. I guess if you think about the kind of interior step in that, as it were, um, yeah. not so much the first to second, is is like you know something you're con- you're concealing your intentions, you're concealing what you're doing. Um, we're not talking about concealment weapons, obviously. Right. No. 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 I mean, just just the whole idea of concealment. It's not. Right. It's not that, but I mean, you, you you do get into the point of awareness, and it's like if you're aware, you can plan what you're going to conceal, what you're not. Because you can conceal just about anything, whether it's what you're going to do, your knowledge about stuff, different things like that. So, I mean, in all those work to your advantage. Brings me around to kind of talking and thinking about karate of like kind of more, I don't want to say the paraphernalia of it, but so much as like, say we're walking down the street, we have a big t-shirt that says karate on it, right? Or something Mm -hmm. like that. If being public about because martial arts are popular, I mean they've been popular for a long time. You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not really, it is and isn't a niche thing. If you are kind of publicly making aware you do karate or you teach karate or something like that, obviously you're inviting to a degree people to criticize that um, or people to be, investigate that in some way. Or even challenge. Yeah, um, I think less, maybe less so today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, less less so today, but yeah, 80s, 90s, yep. Sure enough. Well, Absolutely. and I think now that's moved, that's beca- that the challenge has become much more cowardly and just like keyboard warriors being like, that would never work. I'm a rat. Yeah, guys. And some more criticism than really a challenge. But, you know, is being, I mean, we're public about it. I mean, heck, almost 43 episodes later, we've been pretty public about doing karate and all I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're public about it, but also it's, it's a lot, a lot about, to me, it's more about lessons that we've learned and shared that make, some people have gotten, some people haven't. Yeah. And I think that's, to a degree, that's also the case because I guess we shouldn't really talk about what we are, 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 are not sharing, but, you know, this is obviously, we never come at this with, without some sort of premeditation, without some sort of awareness of what we share and what we don't talk about, um, what we put out there and what we don't put out there. Um, kind of goes into what I was talking about with Josh, was like, what do, we, what do we create in terms of karate content? Just to roll it clear back into different practice that we do on, on, on the mat as well. Yeah. Like, what I think one of the big things I learned, it really kind of shaped a lot of my different trainings was how to look at side a little bit differently than a lot of times you look at just like the front instead of looking at the looking at the the back part of it you know you know like that from the handle and stuff like that and so there's a lot of techniques that come from that as opposed to just 
getting with with the times and stuff. So, so in, in that aspect, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot to it, and basically a lot of people miss that piece of of their training. And it's not just with side, but that's probably the one that I really honed in on was that as well. So, I mean, just, just to give an actual training example. Yeah, and I mean, especially when people get on the floor and they may not see someone training or as hard or not see someone going or as hard or, you know, there's always a space where it's like, all right, why isn't this person doing what they're supposed to be doing or whatever. But, you know, if they're just kind of walking around trying to kind of get everyone right or, you know, not necessarily participating in everything. There's two sides of that, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's everything they can do. And I think people who kind of go out there and try to show everything they can do don't, in fact, have a lot to offer. But I think people who maybe hold back a little more or don't aren't as super open have much more depth than breadth. Um, Or I say probably they have a lot more depth and Kind of, kind of an ice. They're more of an iceberg than uh, a tidal wave, as it were. Tidal wave, you see, you 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 can see, and it will kind of come and go. The iceberg, you have no idea what's in there. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, we we did. I'm a. I hate analogies, but I'll I'll use that one. No, I got you. But I mean, you look at, you know, the Karate Kid. Let's go back to it. Whenever. You know, Daniel's, you know, lying in that little cot, you know, in his little back room. He asks Miyagi, it's like, why didn't you ever tell me you knew karate? You never ask. Guess what? Sometimes, sometimes you just got to know what to ask. Right. It's like Is Star it, Trek Five when they asked Spock, what, you had a half-brother? Well, you never asked. Yeah, it's Exactly. No, I mean, how, what does God I mean, want with a black belt, Jeremy? All right, sorry, I'm mixing '80s movies at this point. Um, no, no, I mean, I mean, there have been several times when somebody asked me, like, do, "Do you know this?" Oh, yeah, really? I'm like, I've never seen. I'm like, well, I normally don't, but I mean, it's not that I don't know it. I mean, yeah, I, I may not be perfect at it, but I mean, I at least least have an understanding of what you're doing and how to at least make something work with it. So, And we kind of come from a tradition of something of that to a degree. Yeah. I'm not going to go out and explain, explain what that is. It's positive and negative. Um, I think it's probably to put out some more negatives and positives, but at least it's taught some people who are paying attention. You don't need to show everything. Yeah. Uh, it's okay that you don't show everything as long as you teach it. Yeah. I think yeah. That's, that was kind of the, the most important lesson I got out of that. But that's, that's yeah. sorry. Sorry, audience. That sounds vaguer than intended. Well, uh, and kind of how I've always taught is like, you know, I'll, I'll teach anybody anything that I know that I can, but I don't know what somebody wants to know. I mean, that's, that's kind of my approach to everything. It's not so much, I won't tell somebody, but it's not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the grand poobah of all expertise at everything, but, you know, there, there's things that I do know. If somebody asks, I'll show it to you. So yeah. I, I don't have, unless I really see that somebody is really not capable of really doing something and they may end up hurting themselves in the long run. Uh, no, and that's and that's not something anybody needs to do. But that, that gets into another another podcast called responsibility. So that's kind of. I think we did something on that, but um, we, we, we can always we can always circle back on on that because there's that topic is no topic we ever cover is exhaustive. That one definitely. Yeah. Anything you got got to say at the uh, to kind of wrap that wrap, wrap this up? I, I guess to really wrap it up, it's. It's really more of a mindset than really a training exercise or this or that or the other. It's just getting your mind prepared. And, and you can get your mind prepared in several different ways. I mean, whether it's on the mat, whether it's watching people. Um, I mean, one of the interesting things that I've picked up, not, not to keep going on, but one of the interesting things that I've picked up 
And I think this kind of alludes to it, and this is kind of why I brought this topic to you about a week ago, was I was studying a couple couple videos on what they call becoming a gray man. And it was like, okay, what is this? And, and it was all about concealment out in the open, just in, right. in, in any in any kind of situation, whether it's, you know, day-to-day, whether it's uh, civil unrest, anything like that, you just just blend in with the crowd, and that's kind of how you conceal it. I mean, that's one way you conceal yourself. And so it, it was just kind of interesting. It was like, you know, you learn it from karate, you learn it from you learn it from, you know, different things, but the best way to do is try to put it all together and just really make make a mindset of it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it goes back to being flashy about what you do and kind of how you present yourself too. Um, where it's if you have a premeditated idea of how you want to appear or have an idea of how you how you normally appear, if you're not trying to draw attention to yourself, uh, you'll generally come off come off okay. I feel, but you know that's again all based on the context of situations and where you are and how you're doing how you're carrying yourself. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. But Jeremy, what are you working on this week? I, I hate to say comma again, but I'll, I'll definitely be working. <laughs> no, I'll be I'll be working on comma, Cy, um, Joe, some more. I mean, it's just kind of been it's kind of been interesting, just those three combinations and just kind of pick, you know picking off each other and just kind of going from there. So I, that's the three three things that I'll be working on. I, I I probably do need to. I, I didn't think about this the other day. I really need to start getting back working on uh, some pinon katas because I've I've kind of neglected those for a while, and I'm like, no, I really need to go back to those and really dig into them a little bit. Just kind of go back and study those. So. Get your inner Itozu going. Yeah, something like that. Supposedly, about- the picture we have of him isn't real. Well. Supposedly that picture is from somebody else. They always point. I don't know, uh, or one of his students. And, and I go back and forth on whether or not the historiosity of all that's really all that important. But hooray, Pinion goddess! I'm gonna kind of follow in your footsteps a little and work on Joe. Kind of talking a little before that, like Joe's kind of you know you've been talking about concealment. Like Joe is kind of the perfect weapon. Yeah, in, in some ways, yeah. Working on that, I'm working on that a bit more. See if I'm be willing to kind of show some stuff with that. But again, I'm on apprentice dad bod mode, so I'm trying to <laughs> trying to shed that a little more. Just with what's going on in quarantine right now, going out and running and stuff is is somewhat of a gamble because we live around some older folk who don't exactly take what's going on seriously. So. They definitely like to get out too, so it's it becomes a little like roads are small. How far is six feet? <laughs> Not entirely sure. So may I stay inside, do Joe, and been getting into shadow boxing, but yeah, I've, I've it's that that exercise burns out quickly if you don't have a kind of a set warm up and know what you want to really get out of. That's what I found at least. So. Be working on that. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this week. I'm John. I'm Jerry. Folks, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, and don't forget to keep trying.